Are you between a rock and a hard place? Are you not sure if you're a sinner or a saint? Do you think you've lost your salvation? Let me take you to the New King James Version. In the book of Matthew, chapter 18, verses 12 through 14, and Jesus says, What do you think if a man has a hundred sheep and one of them goes astray? Does he not leave the ninety-nine and go to the mountains to seek the one that is strained? And if he should find it, assuredly, I say to you, he rejoices more over that sheep than over the 99 that did not go astray. Welcome to Save the Lost at All Costs. Posted by Save the Lost at All Costs, Inc. Featuring your sister in Christ and humble servant of the Lord, Nina S. Griffin. Good afternoon. You're listening to Sister Nina S. Griffin, and we are on Save the Lost at All Costs. We're going to open up the phone lines right away. If you are local, you will dial 702-650-5588. Again, 702-650-5588. If you'd like to join in on our discussion, have a praise report, a prayer request, or a general comment, we'd love to hear from you. We also have a toll-free number for you to do the same. That number is 800-366-8883. Again, 800-366-8883. We are being streamed live over KKVV's website, which is www.kkvv.com. Hello and God bless. I just waved to you. We're also being streamed live over Save the Lost at All Costs' website. And our web address is Save the Lost. LV.org. Sorry about that. Again, that address is www.savethelostlv.org. Just click on to that uh, web address. Look for our weekly archives to hear any message that we've already broadcasted. Uh, there are always a ton of them. We've been doing this for a while, so the gospel is always free on our watch. And look at our resources. We have a ton of resources that will bless you in so many different ways. Health and wellness, you know, Bible study resources, education, uh, you name it, we have it. So please check it out. And we have local resources, too, if you are in uh, the Clark County area. Also, if you have an Apple device, we have... Uh, iTunes is on Apple and we are being archived on iTunes too. So check us out. Again, the gospel is free on our watch. If you have a cell phone and most of us do, uh, the number to call in to listen to the program or to listen to KKVV anytime, but you can listen to Save the Loss at All Costs right now. The number to dial would be 605-313-0630. Again, 605-313-0630. It only works in the United States. I'm telling you, save that under your phone contacts. That would be one of the best numbers that you have and send it to someone else. You can listen to KKVV anytime. Uh, my phone is, uh, acting up a little bit so what i'm going to do is silence it and then uh, we're going to get into the topic so i appreciate your patience while i do this right quick all right i got one more thing to do and then we are ready thank you again for your patience all right it should be pretty quiet by now thank you so uh, our topic today is life is short Again, our topic for today is life is short. We're going to actually go to Psalm 39 
And I'm in the New King James Version, and I'm going to read it. It's 13 verses, and then we will get into our discussion today. So, verse 1. I said, I will guard my ways, lest I sin with my tongue. I will restrain my mouth with a muzzle, while the wicked are before me. Two, I will mute with silence. I held my peace even from good, and my sorrow was stirred up. Three, my heart was hot within me. While I was musing, the fire burned. Then I spoke with my tongue. Four, Lord, make me to know my end. And what is the measure of my days? that I may know how frail I am. Five, indeed you have made my days as hand breaths, and my age is as nothing before you. Certainly every man at his best state is but vapor. Six, surely every man walks about like a shadow. Surely then busy themselves in vain. He heaps up riches and does not know who will gather them. 7. And now, Lord, what do I wait for? My hope is in you. 8. Deliver me from all my transgressions. Do not make me the reproach of the foolish. 9. I was mute. I did not open my mouth because it was you who did it. 10. Remove your plague from me. I am consumed by the blow of your hand. 11. When with rebukes you correct man for iniquity, you make his beauty melt away like a moth. Surely every man is vapor. 12. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and give ear to my cry. Do not be silent at my tears, for I am a stranger with you, a sojourner, as all my fathers were. 13. Remove your graze, excuse me, 13. Remove your gaze from me that I may regain strength before I go away and I am not sure. And let me say that again. 13. Remove your gaze from me that I may regain strength before I go away and am not more. All right. So that was Psalm 39. Um, this is David. And we uh, read uh, 13 verses. That's all it is. So I have some wonderful commentary here. I want to share it with you and then, uh, you know, get into uh, a further discussion. So it says here. David resolved to keep his tongue from sin. That is, he decided not to complain to other people about God's treatment of him. David certainly had reason to complain. He was the anointed king of Israel, but he had to wait many years before taking the throne. Then one of his sons tried to kill him and become king instead. But when David could not keep still any longer, he took his complaints directly to God. We all have complaints about our job, money, or situation, but complaining to others may make them think that God cannot take care of us. 
it may also look as if we blame God for our troubles. Instead, like David, we should take our complaints directly to God. He can take it. Life is short, no matter how long we live. If we have something important we want to do, we must not put it off for a better day. Ask yourself, if I only had six months to live, what would I do? Tell someone that you love them or her. Deal with an undisciplined area in your life. Tell someone about Jesus because life is short. Don't neglect what is truly important. The brevity of life is a theme throughout the book of Psalms, Proverbs, and Ecclesiastes. Jesus also spoke about it in Luke. Ironically, people spend so much time securing their lives on earth, but take little or no thought about where they will spend eternity. David realized that amassing riches and busily accomplishing worldly tasks would make no difference in eternity. Few people understand that their hope is in the Lord. So what did David mean when he asked God to stop punishing him with blows from his hand? It may be a picture of the difficulties David was facing that caused him to feel as if he were being struck. Evidently, David thought God was disciplining him, punishing him for his sins. David was expressing his feelings to God, yet David also submitted himself to his powerful and loving Heavenly Father. Wow, we're going to look at some other scriptures in reference to the brevity of life. <clears throat> but uh, going over, you know, uh, what we just read in Psalm 39 and verses 1 through 13. It uh, talks about remaining mute. So we see here, when we're looking at verse 1, I said, I will guard my ways lest I sin with my tongue. I will restrain my mouth with a muzzle while the wicked are before me. I mean, that's very, very hard, you know, to do that. Uh, he says the wicked are before him. The wicked are not just standing still, men and women of God. Uh, they're aggressing against uh, King David. Now, he's a king. No doubt he has uh, been anointed by God and he has a position that he has to do. There are duties uh, concerning a king. And this particular king was a man after God's own heart. So he was a worshiper. He spent a lot of time in worship and making sure that God was given all the glory, you know, all the honor, all the praise. Amen. And, you know, that was a very, very hard thing, you know, to do uh, when you have all this wickedness. You know, we're talking about at the highest rung. We're talking about in, at the king. And one of the things that was going on, as the uh, commentary mentioned, was his son Absalom. And Absalom uh, definitely uh, tried to kill him because Absalom was not satisfied with how David handled uh, the affair uh, with his sister Tamar, who was raped uh, by her uh, half-brother. And um, Absalom went to his father and said, Father, you know, what are you going to do about, you know, your daughter and my sister? And, you know, David uh, kind of just... Well, you know, didn't really, really respond. And Absalom waited a whole year. 
and and waiting in that whole year, he became um, very, very, you know, angry to the point where he was ready uh, to put his plan in action to overthrow his father. So uh, it wasn't enough just to kill David. He wanted to take uh, the throne from him and uh, it would be a battle. And uh, Absalom uh, had people who were willing to help him you know, to do this. And these were some of the people that David had, um, you know, trusted and were entrusted to the king. So uh, that was a, a very uh, trying thing. And, you know, maybe, uh, you know, it's just my opinion. I know he loved his son Absalom very much. And, uh, you know, he didn't want to speak out because uh, when you come against the king, you come against the kingdom and men and who are trained uh, to, uh, follow a certain order uh there's protocols there's things that have to be done when certain situations uh, happen you will perform this task under this condition at this standard i mean that's a military protocol so if david was to uh allude to that in any way in reference to his son absalom then the mighty men of valor would have to act because when you, like I said, when you come against the king, you come against the kingdom of God and they're going to set you down. Uh, you're going to lose your life and any other bodies uh, who conspired. And this is David's bloodline. And Absalom, uh, you know, was a was a favorite child of his. So this is uh, quite serious. And for him to be uh, muted to the point where it was if a muzzle was on him and anybody that has ever seen a muzzle, a muzzle just doesn't cover uh, your lips. Uh, you know, it covers uh, the lower part of your face. And, um, you know, that's amazing that, uh, you know, we're looking at this imagery like that. And then we see too, it says, I was mute with silence. I held my peace even from good and my sorrow was stirred up. You know, it got to a point where he wasn't speaking on things. Can you imagine? Uh, some of us have experienced that. There were times uh, in our lives or things were going on and we didn't speak uh, whether it was something good happening or something bad happening. We had just got to the point where we were going to be silent and this is something that uh, is happening. This is a, a lot, a lot happening in reference to uh, communication. Again, our topic today is life is short. And how long would we stay silent on something? How long would we allow, you know, that wickedness to come upon us, to grasp upon us? And so we have to be mindful. Think about this. You know, we have a short period of time to be on this earth and uh eternity is a long time as pastor terry would say he doesn't know how long it is but he knows it's a mighty long time and we can agree that eternity is where we're going to spend the majority of our time with and we also know that you know god is there uh our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ is there, the Holy Spirit. You know, there will be uh, the Holy Choir. There will be angels. There will be others, you know, there with us. And this will be our home. So how many of us are staying silent at a very, very crucial time? Because you don't get this time back. And it says that he was 
to the point where sorrow was stirred up. I mean, when you say something stirred up, you know, it is mixing. It is rising to the top. This is the thing that is resonating now. It's the sorrow. Uh, and when you're sorrowful, um, it takes on a whole new life about you. You know, your appearance could give off of that. You know, your spirit, your persona, your speech, um, how you move. If you even move at all, sorrow is deep, hurting, pain, you know, of a spiritual nature. So imagine the king, and this is starting to come up. Then it says three, my heart was hot within me. While I was musing, the fire burned Then I spoke with my tongue. You know, he's thinking about it. He's like, wow. And he is getting to the point where, you know, it has to come out. He cannot hold it in anymore. So you see, in just three verses, it's gone to where he's guarding his ways and his mouth to the point where there's a muzzle with all this wickedness before him. And then he says he's still holding his peace, even when it comes to good things and speaking on them. And while he's holding his peace, the sorrow is stirring up in him. And now the sorrow has moved into anger to the point where his heart is hot and uh, he is thinking about this and he can no longer hold it back. So now he's at the point where he's speaking directly to God. The anointed king is coming boldly before God because he is experiencing some things and he knows that God is the only one that he can get an answer from. He knows that he's in a state where only God can give him any kind of relief. It's important that we speak to God always, but especially when our time is so short here. We don't want to miss these opportunities to talk to God about anything and especially everything. And this is pretty intense, what we're witnessing here. So David says, Lord, we're in verse 4, Lord, make me know my end. And what is the measure of my days that I may know how frail I am? David doesn't want to waste time. He wants God to tell him, basically, how much time does he have left? Because it's important to him. And in another thing, he says, I want to know my end. He is feeling a certain way that he's, he wants to have this type of conversation. Uh, men and women of God, you know, this is something that we can discuss with God. Now, God usually answers us in three ways, you know, yes, no, or wait. And I don't know that you're going to get an answer. But the thing is, is that you'll never get an answer if you don't ask. And this is where David is. He knows that um, he's at the point where 
nothing is able to make sense. He's being overtaken. And he's got to get some relief. He has to get some clarity. He has to get some understanding. And he understands that, you know, death is always around. There's no escaping it. He wants to look at it head on. He wants to address it. And he wants to have a conversation with uh, the creator. The one who knows every hair on our head. The one that knows when we come and when we leave. Oh yes. He's clear about who can answer the question. And it says, indeed, we're in verse 5, you have made my days as handbreadths, and my age is as nothing before you. Certainly every man at his best state is but vapor. Vapor. And then he says, Selah. Vapor. Imagine vapor. When you are boiling your tea kettle, and you see the steam rising up, and it's making... This little line, if you will, and in it, if you stand back, you can see the stream and it's hot and it's very delicate. That would be the vapor, the condensation that is being produced by the heat and the boiling of the water. The steam. And he says, man at his best is but a vapor. That ought to make us think, men and women of God. And before that, he says, age is nothing before God. We don't know the day or the hour that we actually that we're actually going to exit this life. Sometimes we're blessed with an indication. It could be there's an illness, and most illnesses have been uh, very well documented in the medical profession, so they can give a pretty good estimate as to how long uh, you may have based on the illness and how far it has progressed. And some of us have personal experience where we have seen uh, loved ones and dear friends and family members, co-workers, you know, people uh, that we fellowship with, our neighbors, and uh, we can see uh, how, you know, things have progressed. We have a, a first-hand a knowledge of it. We have an experience with it. And sometimes, you know, in our own families, with our spouses, you know, with our children, uh, with our siblings, uh, we can remember our grandparents, uh, definitely our parents. We can remember uh, uh, very vividly uh, what it was like as they were transitioning. So it's pretty amazing here. That God sometimes will give us an indication. 
and then sometimes it's very sudden. But we must conclude that at any given time, um, God can call us home, and he would be the one that's calling. Ultimately, God decides uh, when we come and when we leave. Uh, There may be some sickness involved. There may be some violence involved. There may be a lot of unanswered questions. It could be, um, you know, just natural aging. It could be, uh, you know, some elements where people were exposed to something and uh, they didn't quite, uh, you know, make it as a result of being exposed to uh, a type of element. Uh, Sometimes it's extreme cold, extreme heat. Um, And sometimes it's just, as David was explaining, sorrow. The people have just been such a sorrowful state, just brokenhearted. And sometimes this happens when we are experiencing grief. There's been a separation between us and someone that we really love and care about. I know for a fact uh, my grandfather, uh, my mother's father, uh, within 14 months of my grandmother transitioning, he transitioned too, and he never thought that my grandmother would go before him. But after my grandmother uh, left, uh, he, he just didn't have a desire to be here without her. He couldn't imagine his life without her. So he had some, um, you know, ailments, but I believe more than anything, uh, my grandfather died of a broken heart. He just couldn't bear to be without my grandmother. So we talked about life is short, and we're talking about vapor here. What is it that we're waiting to do in this vapor? Have we made up our mind that we need to get to it? Are we still putting things off? Are we still waiting for the perfect combination of things to come together before we can actually get to the business of living? Are we still just spending our time collecting and amassing? And a lot of people spend a lot of time collecting and amassing. They're always in this highly productive mode, calculating, very laser being focused. And then it comes to a time where there's time for them to retire. Or start uh, receiving a dividend on all this uh, work that they've done. You know, investing, if you will, their labor, their time, their money. And now it's time to get a return on their investment. And they did all this. And then they, they waste away. And they die. And they never ever got to enjoy anything really because they busied themselves so much on collecting and amassing and calculating as opposed to living. And most of us don't need uh, six figures 
to live a day. We don't usually spend that kind of money to live in a day. So we have to ask ourselves, why why are we waiting to live when we can live now? Again, life is short. So we look at verse 6 and it says, Surely every man walks about like a shadow. Surely they busy themselves in vain. They heap up riches and does not know who will gather them. That's pretty poignant. They would hope that they would be able to uh, have access to it. But when your focus is all about just collecting, 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 and collecting, you really don't look at the simple things to enjoy, to see your family, and to spend time with them, and to listen, and to be present, and to enjoy the Word of God going forth, and seeing it manifest, and having a prayer life, and discipleship, and seeing how God is moving and through and upon the world. When you have tunnel vision about things, you miss a lot. And you don't get that time back. And you don't have to be an older person to die. It's a lot of young people that are dying. So age is not a factor. And we saw in verse 5 where the scripture clearly tells us that uh, King David says, And my age is as nothing before you. So that's very wise what the king is saying. And 7 says, And now, Lord, what do I wait for? My hope is in you. What what are we waiting for? Are we living or are we waiting? Are we engaging? Are we anticipating? Are we moving? Or are we stationary? God has given us all these gifts and talents. And what are we doing with them? Do we keep talking ourselves down? Are we reserving it? Do we not believe God has a portion for us? Do we not believe that God is a replenisher? Do we not believe that God is the source of all our blessings? And they all flow from Him? 
we have to ask ourselves, men and women of God, if life is short, what are we waiting for? Life has to be lived. And the beautiful thing about what King David is experiencing, all these things happen. And they happen at different times in our life. It's not as if these things are uncommon. They are known. The things that he talked about, we have heard of these things. We know these things exist. And some of them has happened for ourselves. But, you know, it's important that we bring this before the Lord so that we can have a real conversation that is going to bring revelation. Because we are living for God's revelation. It's important. Especially as it pertains to us who would not want God Almighty to reveal things to us because it would be very beneficial. So we're going to look at Luke 12, verse 20. So I'm getting over here to Luke 12, verse 20. And I have the red letter edition, so this would be Jesus speaking. And the Word of God says this, Verse 20, but God said to him, fool, this night your soul will be required of you. Then those, then who, let me say it again, 20, but God said to him, fool, this night your soul will be required of you. Then whose will those things be which you have provided? So the commentary says this, why do you save money? Are you saving for retirement? Do you buy more expensive cars or toys to be secure? Jesus challenges us to think beyond earthbound goals and to use what we have been given for God's kingdom. Faith, service, and obedience are the ways to become rich towards God. Amen. (laughs) Wow, Jesus said, fool. That's a very serious word in the Bible. It alludes to judgment and disobedience and rebellion. That's pretty serious. Let's read it again. Verse 20, but God said to him, fool, this night your soul will be required of you. Then Whose will those things be which you have provided? Basically, what we see in verse 6, and it says at the end of that, and does not know who will gather them. It says, he heaps up riches and does not know who will gather them. You don't know. So what are you doing all that for? 
How are you applying that to your faith and to your service and building up the kingdom of God? Do you not believe that God is a provider? You know, Jehovah Jireh, my provider. Uh, we verse heard uh, Abraham say that when he was about to offer Isaac up as a sacrifice. And um, Isaac was asking his father, you know, basically, where's the sacrifice? And Abraham, you know, mentioned that Jehovah Jireh, God provides. Amen. So let's look at some more verses. So we were at Luke twelve twenty. So I need to look and see what we have here. See what else we have. We're going to go to Ecclesiastes, and we're going to look at uh, chapter 2, verse 18. Again, we're in Ecclesiastes. We're going to go to chapter 2, verse 18. And the topic today we're talking about is life is short. So, verse 18. The Word of God says this, Then I hated all my labor in which I had toiled under the sun, because I must leave it to the man who will come after me. Solomon continued to show that hard work bears no lasting fruit for those who work solely to earn money and gain possessions. Not only will everything be left behind at death, but it may be left to those who have done nothing to earn it. In addition, it may not be well cared for, and all that was gained may be lost. In fact, Solomon's sons, who inherited his throne, immediately made a foolish decision, which split the kingdom. Wow. All right, we have a caller, so you're going to save the loss at all costs, and God bless you. God bless you, too. Um, sister, this is, this is the morning. Hey, how are you, woman of God? I'm fine, thank you. Sister, how are you? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing wonderful. Okay. We're talking about life is short today. Oh, my goodness. Amen. Yes. And so I'm just coming on. Um, I just got out my service as well. Amen. And so life is short. Right. We're in Psalm so 39 we, today. Amen. Amen. So we definitely need to uh, really take that in consideration that our walk right now is so important and that we need not to uh, take it for granted. Oh, definitely. And, um, you know, we just heard from Solomon, and, you know, that's King David's son, so he's speaking in uh, Ecclesiastes, and then David uh, is uh, talking, you know, to God. He's kind of going through a lot. He's had to muzzle his mouth because there was wickedness before him, and then uh, it got to the point where he didn't even want to speak whether it was good or bad. Silence was, you know, his uh, shelter. That's where he was yeah. seeking refuge. And then it got to the point where that silence was moving him into sorrow. And then the sorrow got too heavy to where uh, his heart started to burn. And he just had to tell God about it because he was going through some things. 
and That's he right. needed to talk to God about it. And you know, but he realized that um, he wanted more than anything. Sis, is <laughs> when was this going to pass? God, just tell me uh, how much time yeah. I got left so that I yeah. <laughs> I I can make haste. And because Amen. he understood uh, eternity, and he knew Absolutely. that that's where, you know, he was going to be. Uh, his son had gone there, you know, the son that he had had with Bathsheba. So uh, mm-hmm. he, he knew that uh, he was going to see God. Uh, but mm-hmm. it had got to the point where sometimes, you know, things happen, sis, and we kind of get stuck. We don't want to move. Uh, and and uh, he he just wanted to talk out loud to God about getting uh, a jump start again, if you will. You know what I mean? Sometimes we got to talk out loud to God because uh, things have backed us in a corner. Things have happened, and Mm -hmm. uh, we uh, don't want to come off that we are not in the right spirit when we go before God. But uh, the commentary told us, give it to God. God can handle it. You know, can can, can you handle what God is going to say to you? (laughs) Amen. Amen. And we definitely have to be prepared for that. I know I've been back in the corner, and I even found myself um, just being before him alone, a season away from everybody. Amen. And, you know, when when I prayed on it, I wanted to come before the Father, making sure that whatever he had to give me, that I would be to endure it and to receive it so that I am um, going in the right direction. Because it does. It's just a still. Amen. And sometimes we don't understand. We have to be quiet. But once we are patient, because he's a patient God. And so I understand what you're saying on that. And I thank you because I've been at that point, you know, where I'm just quiet. So then he was processing all this, and I, I don't know how long it took him to, you know, go through each stage. Uh, the scripture does not, you know, talk about that. Uh, but the scripture is clear that um, David is no longer going to be silent. He is going to speak right. to God, you know, about the hard things. And, you know, he was feeling in a way that uh, God was disciplining him. He felt that everything that was happening to him, it felt as if he was receiving blows. Yeah. And it was to the point that, uh, you know, his endurance. So how do you articulate uh, if God is doing the correcting? Because the, the rebuke is to do correction in love. Amen. So if Amen. David believes that he is being corrected, then who is he to speak out about the correction, even though it is causing him to feel as if he is being plummeted by God? But do I speak out about that because God would not do anything haphazardly? Right. You know, God is is not uh, going to torment us. So David is right. is resigned that whatever it is, I'm going to stay in the Lord. Thank you. Hallelujah. And sometimes we are tested, women. You know, woman of God. You know, God has a right to test our authenticity. Are we really who we say we are in Christ? Are we really serving oh. at the capacity of the spiritual authority that He has given us? Yes. 
So that's the whole thing. You know, he has a right to test us. And a lot of people say, well, God doesn't test. God needs to make sure you're getting the lesson. See, you can't really receive the blessing if you haven't gotten the lesson. So it's to test your knowledge. There's, you know, you have, you know, what is known as uh, those things of a divine nature, sis. You have natural revelation, then you have supernatural revelation. And the natural revelation was to see that the sun and the moon and the stars, now that's pretty much in the in the ocean people can talk about that and know that you know that was divine in its inception but then we have supernatural revelation that will come upon you and you'll be able to operate in your discernment and there will be things going all around you there could even be fires but you will be as the burning bush and you will not be consumed by the fire because it's Mm -hmm. god who's bringing the purification yeah Because at the end of the day, the dross has to burn off. When you're dealing with a metal and you are forming that metal, you know, to do a certain function, then you've got to shape it. You've got to refine it. You've got to heat it up to the point where you can change its configuration. Yeah. You can elongate it. You know what I mean? You can make it more precision. You can make it to where, you know, it has two sides. Like a double-edged sword. And uh, with the hopes that once this process and this purification is happening, that we will be as a reflection of the Lord Jesus Christ. That is so powerful, Sister Nina. Thank you. Well, I appreciate that, sis, for allowing me to expound upon it. Yes, because we all need to know this. And um, we have to understand Sisters like you, giving us the ministry, we we sometimes don't know where to get it from. And I understand you being on the air has helped us all. I um, appreciate what you're doing. Well, I, I appreciate, appreciate that. Through the, you know, through our Lord and Savior. And I, um, I'm happy you're still with us. Amen. I'm going to continue to be praying for you. Well, thank you. And um, for this ministry, this word you give us every uh, every week. Well, thank you, and, sis. Um, you are definitely anointed, and um, I couldn't have a better sister in Christ, a better sister, and a better friend. Amen. I thank you for this word. Well, I love you, sis, so you uh, stay with me. I got a little bit more to give you. Can you hang with me a little bit more? All right. Well, you, well, you exit when you have to, but I want to share with you James chapter four, and we're going to look at verse fourteen. So we're in James chapter four, verse fourteen. I'm in the New King James Version, and the Word of God says this: Whereas you do not know what will happen tomorrow, for what is your life? Is it even a vapor that appears for a little time? And then vanishes away. Now, a commentary says this. Life is short no matter how many years we live. Don't be deceived into thinking that you have lots of remaining time to live for Christ. To enjoy your loved ones or to do what you know you should. Live for God today. Then no matter when your life ends, you have fulfilled God's plan for you. Isn't that amazing? 
So we have what is known as the present. We cannot change the past. The future is not here. I'm not into Monday because Monday has not here. But what I am into is Sunday. And I still have time this Sunday to make a difference and to do what, you know, God has called us to do in a season called now. So, you know, that is something that uh, I like to say in a season called now because it's urgent. It's pressing. It makes a difference. And if you are to leave this earth, don't you want to leave doing what God has called you to do? Hmm. I certainly do. I want to be on point, as they say. I want to be there and always. Thank you. And then uh, when you have your home going, uh, people can say, you know what? She was doing what she loved. That's right. And see, that's the beautiful thing is that when you make a confession of faith and you truly are ready to announce to the world, I am on fire for the Lord Jesus Christ. For him I live, for him I die. This is what it's about. This is what the Great Commission is about, to be able to go out, you know, on the highways and the byways and share what the Lord has done for you. Amen? Amen. So, you know, our testimonies are very important. You're not going to get a testimony if you haven't been tested. That's right. See, the word test appears in testimony. And sometimes I tell people it's a lot of money. It's not so much test. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) But but you know what? Uh, God God can uh, understand our moans. Mm, so, right. so, so the thing is, is that he knows exactly what it, what we are saying. He is not uh, put off by that. He just say, "Come to me," you know, "Bring it to me." I can make clarity out of that, you know. In the book of Ezekiel, right. he, you know, he asked Ezekiel, you know, "Can those dry bones live?" And uh, Ezekiel said, "Only you know, Lord." You know, I, I don't pretend to act like I know, but he said to him, "Prophesy to him and watch him catch flesh. Speak the word of God to them." So my whole thing is that if you can't do nothing else, speak the word of God. It will not come back void. I'm excited that we have this powerful word. It's not like any yeah. other word. It is a holy word. You know what I mean? It is from a living God. It is the God of the Most High. It is the God of this Alpha and Omega. It begins with Him and it ends with Him. So my whole thing is that this word, if you unleash it, if you just speak it, watch it catch flesh. I'm excited about it, sis. Mm. So I'm going to take another call. I will be calling you later. I love you very much. And we'll be talking soon, okay? Yes. Thanks for the call, loved one. Okay, doke. All right, bye-bye. Bye-bye, everybody. All right, bye-bye. Thank you. Hello, you're on Save the Loss at All Costs. God bless you. God bless you. I appreciate the subject today. Oh. And I just want to say happy birthday to ya. Happy birthday to ya. Happy birthday. Please don't let that go nowhere else. But happy birthday, woman of God. Well, thank you. And I love you. And the gumbo was, you know, out of this world. (laughs) Well, thank you, sis. I appreciate that. Sister Eagle Buttercake, I love you more. All right, baby. Call me when you you get off. I sure will. I love you. And thank you you for that. 
Okay, Amen. bye. All right, bye-bye. No, no, no Amen. need to be embarrassed. It was nothing but love. I appreciate that. Thank you. You serenaded me to the heavens. Thank you. <laughs> okay, honey. Bye-bye. All right, bye-bye. So, yes, she told you, and it is today, so I am blessed. 59 years young today, so thank you, Lord. Thank you, Mom. Thank you, Pops in heaven. Thank you, Brother Brian in heaven. Thank you, Brother Roger. Uh, my big sister, uh, Lauren in, in Christ gave me a call. I've been getting a lot of texts and everything. And sister Dorothy, I love you and thank you. Uh, it's been a blessing and I'm doing what I love. Amen. So uh, life is short. And, um, it says in verse eight, deliver me from all transgressions. Do not make me the reproach of the foolish nine. I was mute. I did not open my mouth because it was you who did it. Ten, remove your plague from me. I am consumed by the blow of your hand. Eleven, when when with rebukes you correct man for iniquity, you make his beauty melt away like a moth. Surely every man is vapor. He repeats that vapor. And let's listen to the prayer. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and give ear to my cry. Do not be silent at my tears, for I am a stranger with you, a sojourner, as all my fathers were. Thirteen, remove your gaze from me, that I may regain strength before I go away and am no more. Constantly fellowshipping even at any stage of life. But living and going forth, life is short. Let's not waste it and let's live for Christ. I thank you, God bless you, and save the loss at all costs. It is our humble prayer that the Most High God of all creation and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ continues to bless you and yours without cease for tuning in today and supporting this great move of God with your generous donations. Save the Lost at All Costs is a Holy Spirit filled, live called in weekly radio ministry that has been airing since 2005 and serving in the greater Las Vegas community. We can be heard every Sunday at 3.02 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on Las Vegas. Vegas's very own Christian Talk radio stations, 1060 AM and 100.1 FM. Also, you can listen to KKVV Christian Talk Radio anytime via your cell phone. Please dial 605-313-0630. Again, that number is 605-313-0630. That number only works in the United States. Also, we are audio and video streamed in real time during our live broadcast at www.kkvv.com and our website www.savethelostlv.org If you would like to re-listen to a previous broadcast at no charge, make an online secure donation, or learn more about our ministry, please visit our website at www.savethelostlv.org If you prefer, you can mail in a donation. Address it to Save the Lost at All Cost, Inc., P.O. Box number 3358-52, North Las Vegas, 89033. Again, our P.O. Box number is 
833-5852, North Las Vegas, 89033. All donations made to Save the Lost at All Costs, Inc. are 100% tax deductible. For more information, please feel free to call or text us at 702-219-6882. Again, 702-219-6882. We would like to thank you again. Remember to remain in Christ, stay prayed up, tune in, and don't forget to save the lost at all costs, no matter what.